You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad, and the Coltus Coltorierne North American Convention took place uh, there in April 21-24 in San Francisco. That's the opportunity when the branches from all over North America come together, get an opportunity to uh, meet each other, and have a look at how the organization is functioning, and also, in some cases, have their own local meetings and here on the Canadian East region, which the, we are part of, New Brunswick, Quebec and Ontario, uh, there's uh, St. John, New Brunswick, Montreal. In Ontario, there's a great selection of cultures, cultural branches. There's Hamilton, Kingston, Toronto, Ottawa and Sudbury. And then Charlottetown, there's one in PEI. And uh, the board members include Maureen Mulvey-O'Leary and Vice Chair Stephen Hannigan. And we have... Um, Suzanne Gorman-McKinney with us here, in addition to Colleen Mulvey-O'Leary. And Colleen, uh, and, and thanks a million for coming along. San Francisco, a fantastic city. Um, I'm going to start off. As, have you recovered from the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we didn't give ourselves much recovery time. Myself and Maureen were out the next day teaching classes and going to concerts we went to Celtic Illusion which was amazing so we've been kind of on the go since or recovered and still going kind of you know fantastic so natural high when was the last time there was the in-person so we're in 2022 would have been was it 2020 or was it 2019 2019 2019 was in Chicago right Chicago yeah yeah so, um, you know, everything went on hold for the last two years, so it must have been a, a kind of um, a strange feeling to be back, and yet oh, yeah. it's not, everything isn't back fully, so it was kind of, you were half back. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it was amazing to, to kind of see everyone after being away for so long, and then... Uh, it's it's always great at the conventions because you have a great mix of the older generation and then some of the, the, the young ones as well. So you'd see in the same session, you'd have some of the youth officers who might be anywhere from kind of 16 to 24. And you'd have some of the, the older members um, of San Francisco. There's one lady who just turned 93 and she was still dancing and staying up at, you know, the the crack of dawn kind of sessions and up again as soon as she could and so you know that great range of of ages and abilities and everyone just kind of learning from each other and and all moving as one it's really beautiful so colleen is she your new role model she yeah she's been my role model for a while um she's actually the aunt of loretto reed who's a musician here yeah 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 and and how did you find it? Well, uh, funny that you mentioned about the youth calling. I found that there was only a handful of them, really. Mm. It was very sad. But I mean, I think probably just people were keeping their kids from traveling st- yet still. Um, but I'm really glad and proud that um, I think I think I counted 11 Canadians were able to make it um, from Nova Scotia to New Brunswick to Ontario and. Uh, um, so yeah, a small representation this year, but we loved it. Well, we made the best of three, four days, and uh, I I don't remember a time that I stayed up till 5 a.m. two nights in a row playing music, uh, my drum. So I ended up having a sore side on Sunday. I don't know what I did, <laughs> but 
it uh, must have it must have been interesting to come back face to face with people from particularly from the US um who were now back congregating and that their experience of the last two years was probably a little bit different than our experience here in Canada. We didn't really talk about it. Yeah, everyone was kind of not avoiding it, but, you know, was just kind of over talking about it and dealing with it and just kind of moving right. on to to the, the good aspects of things. Um, but I think every it was kind of the, the common theme was just that, like, it really made us appreciate that, you know, the things that we're interested in, the reason that we volunteer for the, for Coltis and different organizations and, you know, the passion that we put in and the time that we put in and a lot of the time our own money and stuff that goes into it is all kind of worth it because in the end of it, like, when we were suffering from the pandemic and stuck in our houses and worried about, you know, our, our loved ones and, and all that, it, it really brought home how important this kind of stuff is, your family, your friends, your culture, the things that kind of make you happy and being in San Francisco, it was, it was all that kind of come to life. It was the culmination. I think we were all sort of feeling that same, like reconnecting to our, our old former lives and, uh, looking forward to the future and just having that be such a bright spark. I know on the Canadian, or well, the North American Convention, um, an integral part of it are the workshops and the classes. Um, were there, was there a good turnout for those, good registration? There, again, smaller than normal, um, but the people that were there were super involved so I taught a jiving workshop with my mother which was so much fun um loved doing the jiving workshops and I was supposed to teach kids classes but like Anne was saying earlier there wasn't so there was supposed to be a, a bigger number and I was supposed to be teaching two days and then there I ended up teaching no days so I had a youth workshop and impromptu uh youth workshop on the Saturday but otherwise, there wasn't any like underage kids that that were there. But uh, how many did you have at the jive? You must have had the whole room. Oh, at the jive, see, they had it on at the breakfast. So, um, oh. some while people were eating breakfast on the side, we were teaching in the middle. It was a little bit kind of weird or whatever. But um, we had other kind of numbers of people who were like. Oh, I, you know, I, I didn't even think about joining that one, and then they kind of got up. So our numbers fluctuated um, throughout, throughout kind of the workshop. Other people who had been up dancing and jiving and were exhausted then by the halfway point, they were like, well, I'm going to go and eat. And other people who had already eaten kind of came up and decided to join. So we were kept busy the whole time. Yeah, the jive, one, jive one's pretty popular since about 2017, I think, the first time you, uh, Mom taught yeah, it. Yeah, whenever we did it in... The whole dance floor full. Yeah, in uh, Chicago was the first place that had us. I, I, wouldn't, yeah, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought jiving would have come under the umbrella. Yeah, yeah. Irish music. Stop, uh, what do you call them, Toms? Uh, Big Tom? Big Tom. And the Big Tom. I, almost, oh, yeah. I almost said Stompin' Tom. No, no, no. <laughs> Big Tom and... And well, next thing then, Nathan Carter and uh, Derek huh? Wilbein come brought out to these. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we used uh, yeah a lot of Big Tom, a lot of Daniel O'Donnell, um, these kinds of these kinds of characters. Um, but no, it's it's, it's always great because you know even whenever you're doing like a Kaylee or whatever, and you have a bit of an old time waltz, people to get a, a drink of water, fresh air, or whatever. Um, 
there's a lot of people who'd love to get up for that kind of stuff and just don't know how to. So we did a jive slash waltz uh, workshop. So instead of teaching your regular like a one, two, three kind of a waltz, we would teach like the Pride of Erin waltz or we were teaching waltz or the waltz cotillion or different ones like that so kind of spark it up a little bit make it more exciting and then whenever we were um at the banquet and we saw people dancing that night there was a few people who were doing it i was like look we did that that's that's so exciting like it was great yeah well there was one there was one excellent workshop that all three of us attended myself colleen and maureen and it was a storytelling one and uh, you know, the the fella, I can't remember his name, Colleen, do you have a name? I can email you the name. Hmm? Yeah, Michal, um, I, can't, I can't remember his last name now. But it's on the San Francisco North American Convention website, uh, Austin. Um, uh, you'll find it in there. Uh, excellent website, by the way. Um, it was very handy to have it just on the phone, the schedule there the whole weekend when you're on the Wi-Fi and um, no paper, you know, to worry about. So I, I kudos to the convention organizers for sure for on their website but um that storytelling was fabulous uh i went in thinking he was just gonna just like just enthrall me the whole time and instead he, he included some people in the crowd and it and it was just so cool like um and um he could have done it for three hours straight and he would have had all of us just wanting more you know um, yeah, yeah i see his name there Michal minahan Yes. Yeah. Um, um, and of course, the storytelling was a great art that is much being lost. That uh, I, I attribute the change that happened in culture to television, the introduction mm-hmm. of television. Some people say it's the internet. I'd actually go back farther and say that pre-television, people had to go went around to each other's houses and provided entertainment with yeah, each other by the hearth. Yeah. And once the TV came. People kind of did. They stayed in their own houses. Yeah. Well, even now, very few times people have a party piece. So if you're going to someone's house, it was always expected that you'd have something to to do, you know. And so now that's that's not the case, you know. Especially so if you don't dance or you don't sing or you don't play an instrument. Yeah. Um, but when we do the Fela Kjol here in Toronto, we do a lot of recitations. So a lot of our um, dancers also, they play a few uh, tunes on the tin whistle. They do some singing and they some of them learn um, recitations and stories as well. And we have a few kids who are quite good at it. So we were we were thinking about them a lot during the workshop and got a lot of really good names of, of um, stories. Yeah, of books and of stories and of things like that for uh, just for for the, the kids because they they love hearing the stories and um, I always try to find a few funny ones but they they never really take to the funny ones the same way because they love the heartbreaking stories of like <laughs> you know things that they've never had to experience and you know the loss and immigration and just just having to kind of think about what that must be like and try to invoke the the passion in their stories it's uh, it goes over much better with my lad is a little bit of a depression story what well, one tip we learned um for storytelling is to le- learn one and learn it off by heart and learn it to the best of your ability and include props if you have to especially if or get the crowd laughing a bit too because it takes your nerves down and um just involve them a bit right so 
know that one well before you get on to another one because I know myself I'd be like overwhelmed I'd be like where was I in that and I'd be trying like I want to do more than one but um, yeah I know it's, I know it's the same with the song right yeah well I know, I know in my working days that you know when when you're up there in front of an audience um, it's much more uh, productive and enga- if you can engage if you can get somebody in the audience to interact and to, to get involved. The audience love the audience to be involved. And yeah. Good storytellers. Keeps it interesting. Always, oh, yeah. Good storytellers always engage the audience. Now, at a convention, there's always a, an element of business. So were, were there any hot topics on the agenda? Where it was going to be next year. That was, okay. That's always a, a big one. And uh, who would take it? We Who would take it the year after? We used to always know two years in advance and then with the amount of stuff you have to do to host the convention becoming more and more and more and more. Um, Before that, you just had to have a place. There wasn't as many kind of stipulations on it, and now there's an awful lot of stipulations. So it's really hard to get people to take it, and then just all the work that kind of goes into it. And And definitely the financial agreement, you know, uh, commitment. Yeah, hugely. So that's always like the biggest topic. You want to find out where it's going to be next year and who's going to host it the following year so that whoever has it the following year, well, we can start to kind of get that two years in, in advance. And then it's easier for the organizers. They have more time and for the people and whatever. So that's the that's the next one. So we still don't 100 percent know, but the talk is in D.C., Okay. Or, or Bethesda, is that how you call it? And Bethes- is it Maryland Bethesda. or Virginia? Uh, Bethesda. Where they had it before, only a different yeah. location. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I remember that. Was, the, yeah. Bethesda is, is yeah, it's basically Washington, D.C. The following yeah. year, we'll be looking for sponsors and help to get a couple of busloads down because Buffalo might be taking it on. So. Okay. Okay. And of course, it's wonderful if somewhere is within driving distance. From yeah, yeah at least a lot it easy. cheaper, a lot cheaper, and a lot more encouraging to travel as a group. Yeah. So, um, so from the the shot in the arm because that is what this is down, designed to do. It's down to give you a shot in the arm. Um, how do you see now that we're into coming into the summer, which would be normally when things quieten down on the Cayley's levels and uh, some of the other stuff. We're going into, I know there will be the uh, Oireachtas uh, at the Gweltacht at Tamworth. But other than that, I guess it's now planning for the new year and planning what you'll do in as the season starts in the fall. Um, a little bit, but we have summer camps um, that we run through courses in Toronto and Hamilton. Okay. And so we are gearing up for that. It, the pandemic has made it so hard to get locations. So trying to finalize all the locations and dates is our is our hardest thing at the moment. But the second that we have it all out, <laughs> we're trying to get the word out and hopefully have, uh, have our numbers back. But um, we're anticipating smaller numbers between the pandemic and having kind of later notice than what would normally be. But looking forward to it. We, uh, you, and you have a new website for that too, don't you, Colleen? Certainly do. It's, uh, it's just been launched, um, but we're, we're still kind of working on it and getting a few updates. Um, but yeah, it is www.irishsummercamp4kids.com. Right. And at those summer camps, what are you, uh, what 
kind of activities do you try to engage the kids with? Because I'm thinking of my two grandkids that are down there in Oakville. And if I was to put it to them, you know, there's a summer camp out the road in, in Hamilton. Miss Saga. I, I'd, yeah, or, well, or wherever I'd have, or Miss Saga, um, I'd have to do a sales job there. So we do everything through play. So okay. it's not like going to school, you know, it's like, it's a summer camp and, uh, so everything is done through games. So whenever we're teaching them the Irish language, we have like bingo games or we have, you know, po- poems or songs or that kind of stuff that that we teach them through. Or sometimes we'd have um, little skits that they do and they kind of create themselves and we help them to do like the translations and stuff. So it's all everything is, is kind of through fun and through play. But we try to give them an overhaul of the entire culture. So uh, tin whistle, fiddle, we just got a few harps this year. So we're hoping that we'll be able to get someone in, in all the different locations um, to help us out to do some harp classes as well. We have borons. So that's like just all the music side of it. Then we do uh, dancing and singing. And like I said, language, we do Gaelic football. We do hurling some places, depending on the facilities we can do uh, cooking. We always do crafts and generally we tend to do the same um, type of craft. So we'd have a theme every year or different counties that we do. And so everything goes back to that. The tunes we play, the stories we tell, the songs we sing, the crafts we make, everything kind of has as some sort of tie-in and so they they kind of get if they were going to sing a song they'd learn like the tune that might go with that or that kind of thing so that they're they're sort of really familiar and then at the end we put on a big concert for the family and the friends and stuff and so they get to have this huge sense of pride and be like look at all the things I knew um but like one of my favorite stories is because it's all through fun and they're there and they're playing with the other kids one of the children was getting picked up one year and the mum said, well, what did you learn today? And he was like, nothing. Come on, I'm Achenish. And was speaking Irish and had no idea that he had learned anything because he was just having so much fun. I loved right. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so is it a two-week camp or how long does it run? So it's a one-week camp in multiple uh, locations. So we have Toronto North, West, East, um, Mississauga, Hamilton, and they were trying to get some out, sort of like Peterborough, Oshawa, Whitby kind of a way, um, but it's it's just next to impossible to find locations in Durham right now, so we don't have a Durham location for this year, but hopefully by next year we'll be back on the boat and we'll have all of our locations up and running. Excellent. Um, How old are they, Austin? My toe, down there... Um Quentin is nine, and Jalen would be coming on six. Perfect so age. He's, he's, yeah. he's into his basketball. He's and um, uh, yeah, Jalen is into hip hop dancing. Very cool. I bet you he'd like the Kaylee dancing and the set dance. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, we, we 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 have them for a week up here, so we have to find stuff for them too. So. And they make the most out of the day. They rotate them like so. It's not boring. You're not learning three hours of one thing. You're like kind of forty minutes to an hour on one thing, and uh, the age right. groups are all put together. Right. Yeah. Um, right. A lot of fun. I'm sure, yes, indeed. Uh, Anne and Colleen, I want to thank you for taking the time. It's been great chatting with you. Have I missed anything, or is there anything we need to get out there? For for convention? Uh, no. 
Well, sure. If you want to put it out there that uh, Maureen has a goal, I'm sure she'll tell you Wednesday, to bring the convention back to Canada at some point. Um, we can possibly try for 2025 or more realistically maybe 2026 just because of the financial um, commitment that we would have to build up and apply for grants, as many as grants as we possibly can through all levels. And um, we don't have a location on that yet. Toronto has been a sponsor before. Um, I believe Montreal was the first kind of conference that wasn't quite a convention yet, and I believe Ottawa has also sponsored it. So she's tr trying to push towards the East Coast, whether St. John, one of our branches there, does it or... Who knows, we might have a Halifax slash Nova Scotia branch by then. And uh, we know quite a few people that have moved down that way. So we're going to be encouraging them to definitely join a branch and either form their own or learn what we do and uh, keep, keep it going. So where can people find, uh, should they just do a search for uh, Coltus and their local area and see what it brings up on Google? And that would be C-O-M-H-A-L-T-A-S. And again, I'll repeat that, C-O-M-H-A-L-T-A-S. So if you do a search for Coltus, it'll probably bring something up in your local area. Well, probably the best website would be the North American one. So northamericancoltus.ie.org, I think. Um, or you could do the coltuscoltarierin.ie one. Uh, CCE.ie might get it as well. Yeah. Um, but we, on Facebook, almost all of our branches now have a, a Facebook group, and we have a regional one, Canada East, Coltuscoltarierin, Canada East region. You'll find us. It's a big green banner with the, with the logo in the middle. So um, we try and promote any of the branches in our region, any of their events, uh, or other regions if they send stuff to us. Um, so it's not just one branch there. It's all seven. And by the way, PEI is no longer a branch. Montreal, right. Montreal is trying to regroup. So um, we're down to seven again, I believe. Right. Um, and, and I guess what I found encouraging what you said was uh, I know some of the branches are struggling and part of it is that it's a generational thing. Um, and attracting recent and, and newer immigrants can be a challenge. But Colleen, when I hear you telling me that uh, we can go jiving, uh, if, um, I know when, like, when I go to the Cayleys, um, I, I sometimes, I'd certainly be getting up for a jive. I might be getting up for these. I would have been up for the Siege of Venice, but some of the others... The only one you remember. <laughs> oh, no, I, I remember quite a few of them. I do. I do. It's just... Um, uh, Carol Ann yeah. up there, right? Carol Ann does them yeah, up there? Oh, no, she does. She does indeed. She does indeed. Um, so maybe Maureen will have to get up there for a, a jive workshop next time yeah. we have a Kaylee. <laughs> That's they're true. a lot of fun. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're not something that you see every day, so it, it kind of takes on a new life of its own because it's, it's brilliant to be able to do it. And once you get the hang of it, so even we had a few people who were pretty good jivers and were able to kind of do it on their own. Um, and we were able to teach them little variations and stuff that they hadn't kind of seen or thought to do because, yeah. you know, you get your routine and you just kind of do it that way the whole time. And so that was really fun. So. Yeah. And I know, I know they're filling the dance halls in Ireland with, again, Nathan Carter and some oh, of the others. They're all coming out and they're all jiving. Yeah. yeah. Everything old is new again, right? Agreed. Well, and that's it. They, they were having a, a 
the same kind of problems that, that we were having, not obviously to the same degree, but young ones just weren't interested in, in the culture the same way. And so whenever they started doing more driving stuff, like the places are full. So oh, I, I just that. thought of a lo- I thought thought of a slogan. Keep it alive. Let's teach them to jive. There you go. I'm, I, <laughs> how I, there are some people, and there's always been a case in cultists. You have some who are very much traditionalists, and are very kind of feel that you know jiving doesn't fall under the tradition. <laughs> what are you doing that in here for? Well, no comment. There's that. <laughs> There's a lot of people who feel the same way that, like, unless you're doing something channel singing, that, yeah. like, there's no, there's no, why would you be singing folk songs? That, yeah. That's not traditional Irish music. And so, you know, to each their own. But yeah. if you want it to grow, you have to expand your mind that little bit in and, and let, let everything kind of go as it's going. And anyone who wants to be involved has to be involved, like, and find, find a place for them and stuff. So that's always my. That's always the way I think of it anyway. <laughs> Fantastic. Colleen, and thanks a million for taking the time. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, great to talk with you, Austin, and come back to Hamilton again sometime. <laughs>